Welcome to the Elevate Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Whether you've tuned in to elevate your mindset, your game, or just your day, you have found the right episode. I am pumped to bring you my guest this round. He's one of the world's leading mental performance coaches. He has worked with some of the best athletes in the NBA, including Aaron Gordon, Ben Simmons, Carl Anthony Towns, and Andrew Wiggins, to name a few, as well as organizations like the Utah Jazz and San Antonio Spurs. My man is also the author of the book, Play Present. His mission is to bring mental training to the masses. He has also helped create the app Lucid. Check it out. I'll link it up and download it and give it a try. Welcome to the Elevate Podcast, my man, Graham the Guide. How are you this morning? Man, I'm great. Uh, Grateful to be here and... uh... You know, just getting my coffee going. So, man, I'm excited. <laughs> Good. I know it's a, a little bit out earlier out west for you today. Um, I want to get started before we got going. My man Graham sent me some remixes. Uh, some I wanted him to share a little bit about it and where that came from, but it got me fired up, got me even oh, more God. excited to get on this call with you and to chat a little bit and allow you to share some of your wisdom and insights. But uh, what was a re- remix all about, man? Yeah. Well, listen, I, I love music. And uh, we know with mental training, over the years, it's always grown on me that if I leave people with music after I speak, now they have something they can listen to to kind of get the messages. And so it's just a way to help train. I mean, I love beats. I love music. I work with some cool producers. And all I'm doing is coaching. And they just put music behind me. So kind of figured out it's a way that a lot of athletes like to train, you know, when you're lifting weights or you're working out and you just have music on in the background. Now you can have messages in there. You know, you can be getting subconscious messages delivered and say you listen to the song 30, 40, 50 times, man, this stuff's going to start to stick a little bit, Yeah. you know, so just having fun with music and having fun training with it, you know? Yeah. Well, I think it's, I think it's a fantastic idea and I'm, I already right. had the thought I'm like I got to put this in my playlist <laughs> so, uh, well, ho- hopefully we can link that up to this podcast so some people okay. can find it because I think it's uh, I'm sure people will dig it so um, your book play present that's been out uh, why is playing present the place we should want to play man I you know I got introduced to this concept when I was 19 years old I was just super going through a rough time in my life, my first year of college. And I remember my, my first counselor to help me with anxiety and depression. She just mentioned the word being present. And she was like, it's a skill and you have to practice. And I was like, what? Like, I didn't even know it was a thing. You know, I just was going through life, having a tough time. And then once she described it like a skill, everything started to make sense to me that, oh, okay, I got to practice it. It's, maybe it's not easy. You're not going to have perfect days at this. And so that planted the seed that being present required, you know, energy, attention, motivation, practice. And so as I walked back on to play college basketball after I got some good, you know, therapy, as I was playing, I was like, man, this present thing like helps. (laughs) You know, I realized (laughs) I had had an advantage. You know, I wasn't like a great basketball player, but I was like, there's an advantage out here. And then so as I got into doing work with high school kids in the early 2000s, 
all I was thinking about was creating the language because to me, mental training is a language, yeah. you know, it's, it's pointing people in a direction with the subtleties of language. And it just came to me one night, just play present. It was like these words just downloaded into my brain. And then they would just like, it'd be, a, it'd be obsessive in my head. I don't know if you ever had this experience where like these words would just bother me all the time. I'd be like, that's yeah, not leaving me. It's not leaving me. And then I would tell it to kids and they'd be like, makes sense. You know, and I'd be like, okay. And then it started to dawn on me that, okay, if I can make this into a playbook. So once again, I wanted to make it easy. And so I thought, I love playbooks, right? You just memorize the plays and then you run the plays. And then it's, you know, so I wrote Play Present as a playbook. It's a series of plays. My goal was to keep it under 50 pages. And then I wrote, I worked with a really good artist who tried to draw everything I was talking about. And so, I, you know, I'm a visual learner. I, I hate just getting in these books with tons of words and I just get yeah. lost in it sometimes. So, so that's how Play Present came to me. And uh, the actual, the, the catalyst that really drove it home, I started working with this basketball player named Aaron Gordon when he was a kid. And it became very apparent that by the time he was like 16 or 17, this guy's going to go to the NBA. And I remember thinking to myself, man, this is really real. Everything I'm saying to him is real. And he's listening so that, that also is kind of what made Play Present come to be was like, hey, this has to be organized for this 16-year-old, and it's got to make sense to him. So that was kind of the drive. Because once, once I knew he was going to go to the NBA, I was like, oh, man, like I can't just say random words to this kid. I have to like, let me just put this in a package. And yeah. so that's how it kind of came together, you know. I think uh, <laughs> are you, language is important, right? Not just yeah. uh, what, what we say to ourselves, but how we coach. Um, you right. talked a little bit about your past there, but what kind of really led or, or pushed you into kind of the career of this mental training and yeah. what do you enjoy most about uh, helping athletes and people hone those mental skills? Man, well, it's uh, well, first of all, just from my own experience, doing some work on myself in mental health just profoundly changed my life. And, you know, there was a stigma against mental health and, you know, you're soft if you do it or something's wrong with you. And this is 1997. I'm 19 years old and I'm just really struggling in life. And I, you know, I, I reached out to my mom and she knew a counselor. And I just remember thinking, thank God, like, thank God there, I thank God there's something. Cause what I didn't want to hear was, Hey, well, you're screwed, you know, like, Hey, that's how it goes. Yeah. And, but what I heard was, Hey, you know, you can do something about it if you want to put effort in. And she said words to me, I won't forget. She said, you can rewire your brain. And I didn't know what that meant, but, I, but what I heard was hope that, okay, if I, if I put effort in, whatever I'm about to go start doing, they say it helps. And so I got introduced to a counselor from San Francisco. She was just amazing. And that's uh, my first year of college. It's, you know, she's teaching me to meditate and to visualize mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And that, that was kind of where the spark set off. And it wasn't for a little while later that sports became a part of it, but it, I mean, it just helped my life so profoundly, you know, learning this stuff. And yeah. my experience, once you learn it, you just want to share it, you know? <laughs> for, for sure. You, I used to, they used to joke about, you know, like, how do you know if someone's vegetarian, they'll tell you. <laughs> That's right. right. And I, I was like, I always kind of felt that like once I started meditating, it was like, if someone said meditation, I'm like, I'll tell you, I'll talk, I'll talk. <laughs> let's talk about it. How? Let's talk. Um, That's right. <laughs> so sorry to bring out some, some bad jokes, but uh, I always felt no. like when it came to meditation, I'm like, what are you talking about? Let's yeah. Um, and I think you know, it's, one go thing ahead. to add, it was always interesting to me. I like, 
clearly when you start being aware of the food you eat, it profoundly impacts your body. And you're like, this isn't even like a joke. It feels good. You know, like I'm, it, I feel better. Yeah. I function better. So when I would get into, you know, this meditation stuff and people would think it was like soft or and I would be like, man, like they just have no idea. Yeah. And then I was able to come into sports and I would be like, you know, this, this gives you a major advantage from being here in sports. So I also knew a big part of what I would always try to do was take these kind of maybe like softer concepts uh, and then try my best to bring it into a competitive space with a little bit of firepower. So, you know, we, yep. we might, we might say that, you know, meditation is really badass. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's actually <laughs> for those willing to be, uh, you know, strong and courageous and vulnerable. And that's way more tougher than not being vulnerable, you know? Yeah. And yeah, that's, I, I always loved, I forget where it came from. I don't know if it was a Dan Harris thing, but you know, it's like curls for the brain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like exactly. that, uh, you know, so think of it. Um, you know, I've had a great opportunity. You mentioned Aaron. I know you've worked with a lot of other great athletes, organizations, coaches. Is there a lesson along that journey as you were teaching that you were able to learn from one of those people? Man, it's, uh, I feel like they were just as much, if not more, teachers for me on my journey than me being teachers for them. So it's always a collaborative experience. You know, it's always a, a two-way thing going on. The, the, how much was taught to me, it, it's so profound. For, like, I never thought I was going to write a book. Like, I don't want, I didn't write, I want to write a book. I just remember working with Aaron Gordon as a young kid. I was like, man, I, I'm kind of required to do this. So I became, what I learned was to be responsible for what I was given and to be responsible for, like, the opportunities. And I, I think a really, really big lesson they taught me was how to create space for people that maybe have a lot of attention on them. And so a big thing of what I do, I remember what I, as I had to learn to not let anything be about myself. And that was really hard, right? Cause we're all humans. We're going through life and I'm here coaching someone and I have to be able to create space for them and not make it about me. And so what they taught me was how to not make things about myself and, and how to help the person I'm going through. So I might be feeling fear, going through stuff uh, with my family at home. You know, I'm married, I have kids. I mean, those are like heavy responsibilities. And I'm here coaching like a 19 year old. He's telling me what's going on in his life. And I'm like, I have this profound stuff going on in my life back home, but I have to be able to create space for this kid and not just dump on him with my stuff. So they really helped me be, I mean, there's too many lessons to talk about, but I'd yeah. say like the major one is the, the personal responsibility that I had to really own, uh, you know, to be around. And that, that's hard, man. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that yeah. uh, I can, I can relate to that. The, um, one of the other cool things you've done, uh, I wanted you to share a little bit about is the lucid yeah. app. All right. Um, yeah. you know, you've already got, you, we talked about, you know, getting some of those good vibes to music. Uh, I really love how you've kind of taken mental skills and moved it into an accessible tech ways yeah. in your career. Grown. So it's really neat. Um, talk a little bit about Lucid and how it can help people. And we'll link that up here and people, please. Check it out. Man, we just, uh, you know, after I wrote play present, I remember getting a call one day and had, I had no money. I'm broke. You know, my wife is pregnant and you're kind of, you're in the middle of your journey going, man, how is this all going to happen? You know, <laughs> and I get a phone call to, Hey, this guy wants to have lunch with you. Uh, he's a tech guy from San Francisco. And, you know, you just don't think much of it. But as we sit down, it's a guy named Jason Sturman, and he's forming an app called Lucid. And we're sitting there in the meeting, and I, I remember this moment really vividly 
and he goes, and if I ever meet someone who has content and a voice, man, that's all I need. And I, and I was sitting there going, shit, that's all I have is I have, I have this book I just wrote with super clean, crisp content. And I, and I have an ability to coach. And we sat there and looked at each other and we were like, man, this is it. And so he offered me a job, right? They offered to buy, play, present the book. I got a salary. And for me, that had never happened in my life. And I was like, my God, this is this. It was kind of like my first really big breakthrough. And this was 2016. And then so we set out and uh, built an app. And we basically took everything I wrote in Play Present. And we were like, okay, verbalize it. <laughs> you know, like say it out loud and make it into uh, meditations and visualizations. And so what we wanted to do is we wanted to reach kids where they were. We know everyone's on their phones, on their apps. So we put up uh, hundreds of what I call uh, MVPs which are meditations, visualizations with powerful self-talk. And we tried to make them into little five-minute little things, right? So just a bite-sized appetite to pick it up. Uh, and we got to collaborate with George Mumford. Uh, he's another yeah. great coach. He, man, he coached, Legend. you know, of course, Michael yeah. Jordan. And so I got to be around him a little bit. I was mostly just in awe around him, you know, just listening as he would tell stories. And, uh, but we built this app. And it was like a year-and-a-half experience. We had some funding. The funding ran out. And as soon as it was done, I was like, wow, like, I, it like really dawned on me that we, that we have something here that, you know, um, recording, putting your voice on recordings, making it get out in easy, accessible ways. Yeah. It just started to really dawn on me that mental training products, like we've got to find easy ways to meet people. And then the last thing we did with Lucid before all our money ran out is we said, hey, let's make an album. <laughs> and then the very last thing we did is we we made a, a music album in 2017. I'll send that to you. And that's kind of where we started thinking about music as well. And music only came up too, because I had done so many recordings to make an app that I just got comfortable on a microphone. Yeah. And so I was like, Hey, you know, it just kind of transitioned to like, let's put some beats behind it. So, but Lucid was the intro to the tech world. It was a cool experience, like a really cool experience. Yeah, I've checked it out. It's definitely worth it, athletes. So uh, right. coaches out there, have, have your kids check it out as well. Um, is there a mental tool or topic lately that's got a grip or got, got you fascinated right now that can't stop thinking about? You know, uh, I, what comes to me right now is we're, we're, we're clearly in a wild year. I mean, yeah this is the craziest year of all time for every single human I've met. You know, they're like, no matter what position you're in, how much money you have, what's going on, everyone's going through it, you know? And so what I've found right now, this, this might sound, I don't know how to phrase it, but the tool right now is awareness that what I sense right now is people are aware and whether you like it or not, there's kind of a forced uh, consciousness going on, a forced awakening where, you go, man, all the things that made me feel comfortable, they just don't work anymore. Mm -hmm. And so as you go in, right, the work has to go in. And so what I see now, the tool that's here is an opening. I see a door open for a lot of people. And I'd say the first 15 years of my work, I was yelling really loud, like, hey, like, this stuff matters. Like, do the work, <laughs> you know, trying to like trick people, do all these things to help them come to it. And, you know, um, now I feel like everyone's just right there on the doorstep going, hey, how do we do this work? So uh, I find with all that awareness and opening, now it, the, the, the tool that I see here is how can we simply give this to people in a way that makes it easy for them to start doing their work, to start their practice? Because 
I'm just one person. I have one way of doing it. And there's billions of human beings and we all need to work with people, you know? So I, I just find, I want to make sure that people have access to this stuff. Now I want to make people sure they have support because here's the other thing, man, when I first started doing it, it's not a quick fix. This yeah. isn't like you just go do it for a couple hours and you go, Oh, right on. Like I never have to think about mental health or going in again. This is like learning to work out. Once you realize exercise is a good thing for your life, you kind of do it, you know, every day, maybe a little bit, yep. you know? So that's how mental training is. So the opening is here now. And I just want to make sure people have access. And so I think support is a big tool, you know, like once you know, Hey, they're doing it, they're doing it. All these people doing it. It's okay to feel uncomfortable. I got support. Now we're going to build some momentum, hopefully in this space, you know, right on. more momentum. There's been a lot of momentum built, but just continue to build, you know? Love it. Uh, where do you seek inspiration, especially in a, a crazy year like this? Oh, man. You know, uh, I, I've always considered myself a servant, you know, that I'm here to serve. I'm here to give. And when I first got introduced to this at 19, overwhelmingly inside of me, it was like, you have to share this. You have to share this. And it just became so palpable inside of me. So the inspiration is always there for me, right? Which is to give and serve and to help people. I have to keep it alive and fresh by continuing to reinvent how I do it. You know, um, for a while it was like working the NBA, you know, or whatever it was. And then, and then you do that. And I was in the NBA working with the jazz for a couple of years. And I, and my daughter one day was like, I miss you. And I was like, there's no comparison. Like I'm, I'm coming home because, yeah. you know, so it's not like I was 22 in the NBA. By the time I got there, it was like, well, I have kids and it's like a whole different world. So the inspiration to me is always continuing to serve uh, growth, meaning and purpose. And that evolves in my life, but growth, meaning and purpose are always what I'm looking for. And as that, and if I can read what's going on inside myself, I, you can usually hear, right? It'll tell you what to do. Yep. There's a hundred voices that tell you what not to do inside of you. And what I've trained myself to do is just keep listening to that voice that knows. And so my inspiration comes from my connection. I'll call it to source. So connection to source, right? Whatever put pray present into my head, um, whatever tells me to do all this stuff, what I do is I, I, I set the table for it and I listen to it. So I listen and serve and then it just snowballs through me. Um, so what, what I want to tell everyone is I feel like everyone has this. What I did was I just was like, F it. I'm, I'm just going to go do it. I'm going to go do what it says because I wanted to see if it was real. And, and, I, and as I kept doing it, man, shit would show up in my life that seemed like magic, right? Yeah. It seemed like magic. But then after I kept doing it, I was like, if things keep showing up and I keep serving deeper purpose, maybe that's not magic. Maybe that's just how this works. This mm. is the mechanics of life. And so I've got it to where doing it for, you know, almost a few decades now, man, I just, I just, the inspiration for me is seeing what shows up, knowing if I keep just doing the work, staying devoted, committed, all these like things show up that are beyond what I can kind of imagine. Um, so I, that's kind of a long answer, but man, follow your love basically is what I'm saying. Like follow yeah. that thing inside of you. And if you keep, if you stick with it, um, I've had to go through every hell manageable. Like you don't avoid all that. You go through your shit. That's how you transform. But then you realize you're okay. And you're yeah. like, that was felt like death, but <laughs> I'm alive. Yeah. And all these things I think I needed, I lost. And you're like, ah. anyway, so it, it's a, it's a spiritual journey. And on that journey, you know, you just, you hang in there. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, if there was a, 
athlete or coach listening, you wanted to share one quick tool that they could, they could try after they hear this podcast to maybe help, help their day or help their mood or feel something, what would you want to share? Well, you know, immediately, one of the cool things about doing an MVP um, is it immediately makes you feel better. So like the cool thing about like meditation and like the music I just sent you, yep. this isn't like, you know, it's good for your future. And one day I'm like, man, just play it. And five minutes later, it's going to put you into a different dimension. And so you can do that right now. Um, I would listen to music. I would check out Lucid or check out any place. You just go get a guided meditation. That's a tool you can do right now. And it's a practice I do all the time. It's how I got started in this. It's something to go to. So it's a go-to thing to do. And you sit there, breathe, right? You learn to kind of relax yourself. You learn to visualize. You learn to work on the power of your own voice. And, it, and it's fabulous. So that's something you can do right now. Um, and then big picture, a philosophy that guides me, that always helps me, is victory to the vulnerable. Mm. Because... It allows me to lean into vulnerable experience. And when I mean vulnerable experience, I don't mean you're in physical danger or anything like that. I'm talking about it's just as it's vulnerable emotionally. It's uncomfortable. Maybe you have to have a conversation that you know is difficult and hard. Maybe you have to listen instead of speaking. Whatever vulnerable is to you, that philosophy guides me to continue to be present in these, like say this year. How vulnerable is this year? People don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. Every person I know has lost so much uh, from humans to all kinds of stuff. So I constantly lean into, hey, victory goes to the vulnerable. Let me show up. Um, And then if I need to get centered in the moment, I'm like, it's too much. Maybe there's too much here. You know, I do my MVP and then I'll exercise. So let's keep it real. You know, getting into your body and exercising is I remember with the jazz one time. uh, This is a great this is a great story to help. (laughs) How most coaches are. (laughs) It's a morning time. We're in a hotel. I'm talking with Quinn Snyder, the head strength coach and uh, the head sports scientist. Amazing humans, great people that care about mindset. They're just fabulous. They're all drinking coffee. And I'm walking up and you can see the, inner, that, the, the, the tension, you know, and not an angry tension, but you can just see like, oh, shit. And I'm like, look at these guys. And I walk up, they're just jacked. You're like, ah! And they're moving fast, <laughs> super quick. And I go, hey, 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 hey. And they want to roll. Like, okay, Grant, let's do mental health stuff. And I was like, pause, pause. Have you eaten breakfast? You know, they were like, no. I was like, okay, full stop. I said, did you sleep last? I said, did you sleep last night? They were like, barely. We're so pumped. I was like, okay, that's a second strike. And I go, <laughs> <laughs> have you exercised? You know what I mean? Have you worked out? They were like, no, we're, we're, we're too into what we're doing. And I was like, oh, for three right there. Like, there's no way we're talking about mental health and you don't work out, eat and sleep. No way. Like, no, that's the foundation for everything. So I yeah. said, here's what, we're, here's what we're doing today. Go eat a meal. No joke. I was like, go eat a meal and go lift some weights, and then we'll get back to business. And then they did it. And then all their energy just kind of centers, right? And then you're like, man, Quinn Snyder, the head coach, he's a genius. Now all of a sudden, he can get across all of his geniusness, right? So that energy that when we're too heightened or too anxious, you've got to bring that in. And you just go to your basics. Just go work out. Probably haven't eaten for a while. And you need a nap. The funny thing is, it's just like taking care of a five-year-old. So it's the same thing. Well, I love that you bring up like when you do mindset and there's this, you see mindfulness and all kinds of these things, you know, showing up everywhere. I literally heard uh, a Coca-Cola ad talking about 
Coke talking about mindfulness and you know Coke be, Coke being your mindful moment. I'm like, wow, we're pushing, oh, wow. we're pushing the uh, the the marketing envelope with the the verbiage. But um, I love that you talked about the basics of it because I think you you know even when I started to meditate years ago, there's a you know process you learn you know it's all yeah. about bringing it back right and and I also through tracking that I found. I was tracking my exercise and, and that, and that was really, I mean, if I wasn't doing those basics, yeah, I can meditate all day, but I'm still going to feel like a tired, groggy there you go. person that can't serve others. <laughs> so, um, it was, that, that you talked easy. about it. Yeah. And so I think just tracking something, I, one of the things I found, I was like, Oh, if I don't meditate, I was way less likely to ever work out. And I think for me, it was, if I won't give my mind five to 10 minutes in the day, I'm not going to give my body an hour later. Right. You know, it's just right. kind of building that up and um, love how you, you talked about that. Um, if you could get into a time machine, the old Marty, Marty McFly and go back and see 16 year old Graham, Ooh. what's the one piece of advice or what would you want to remind yourself yeah. that you've learned along your journey? First of all, I love that question. It's a question um, I phrase in, in different ways with people, right? Because it's such a powerful question. And there's so many ways you can uh, listen to it. When I go back to being 16, man, I was anxious. And I remember being, you know, everything was your grade point average, SATs, where are you going to college? It was just this overwhelming pressure of the future. I, I grew up in San Francisco and I went to a high school uh, called Lowell High School. It was a public high school, but it was an academic powerhouse. So it was overwhelming pressure on results and outcomes. It was one of those like prestigious uh, schools. Everyone's getting into like Georgetown and all that. And I wasn't going to work in that math world. And by math, I'm talking SATs, GPA, right? These things, you're just like, they're just, they're like forcing you into this anxious, anxious future. I would have told myself uh, to relax and everything is okay. And I would have told myself to come, I would have introduced the present, right? I would have said, hey man, like you're right here. I would have taught myself to breathe a little bit. And then remember that, this is what I do, not who I am. And I would have kind of separated myself from these results and outcomes a little bit earlier and that anxiety. Fast forwarding, I've seen that cause a lot of harm for kids as you go into life, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so the, the stress was overwhelming. It was routine to see kids crying in the hallways, you know, before tests or all that stuff, thinking if they weren't perfect, life was over. And so I just would have eased that for myself because I felt that overwhelming. And then that bled over to basketball and all the stuff I was doing. I think I put on a good smile, you know, like I had a good, good front going, but deep down there was uh, you know, I was anxious. So I would have helped myself with that for sure.